knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Cag oh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host, Brad. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. What's going on, Facebook Live, YouTube, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast platforms? Welcome. Welcome. I want to first say I apologize. As somebody, as some of you may have seen earlier, I had scheduled Romel. Jay had scheduled Jameson. Jay had told me he scheduled Jameson, and it went in this ear and out the other. So uh, we got Jameson Redding in the house tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm going to do one with uh, Romel on the new NK300, but tonight we're going to talk Jackson Kayak. Kusa X. Randall, how are you, sir? I am fine, Mr. Schiller. How are you? I took I took full responsibility for it. You didn't have to, man. I, like I said, it's like, you know, I don't uh, even know. I thought I did, but I mean, whatever. I'm pretty sure you did. And, uh, you know, in the midst of the uh, the new gig starting this week and yep. many balls uh, up in the air, you know, I'm, uh, I'm taking I should- I should have got with you earlier just to make sure, man. I'm taking full responsibility. (laughs) So there you go. You're in the clear, my man. (laughs) You owe me one. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Like the only people that knew that happened is us. So yeah, now everybody knows. (laughs) Roy, welcome. Welcome. Uh, The Jackson Kusa X. Or are they calling it the 10? I'm pretty sure it's the X, right? I think, probably, it, yeah, it's probably should have asked Jameson. He's shaking his it's, head. It's yes. not the 10, it's an X. 
It's an X. I mean, even if it was a 10, it's an X because I said so. So so what? <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Good stuff, man. Uh, uh, just a quick reminder, everybody listening on the podcast platforms, uh, most of the crew is going on break after the 10th. The last episode will be uh, Dustin Nichols with Chasing the Tide um he'll be the last episode i know me and jay are gonna do a couple uh throughout that break so we'll be here thursday nights uh pumping out some good stuff for you guys um but just a quick reminder i don't want everybody to think oh my god where did pedal and thing go we're, we're still here everybody gets a break so um everybody will be back uh I, I believe it's january 9th that monday and it'll kick off with the bass fishing for noob show so oh Gene Wilson, where have, you been, where have you no been kid. all my life? <laughs> I miss Great. you. I miss you. What's up, Gene? Hope you're doing well, my darling. But let's get to the man of the hour. Let's get uh, Mr. Redding in the house. Jameson, welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We were talking about your beard before this started. <laughs> um, you didn't get to blow dry it. so I did not. I uh... so, this is straight out of the shower, just combed, no blow drying. Jameson's like, I'm, Jameson's like, I'm here to talk about a kayak, not my beard. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, whatever you guys want to talk. And I want to say, Brian, uh, Jay, when he texted me about this, he said Friday the first. The first time. Oh, so yes. It could be that you could throw yeah. him a little bit under the bus because okay. I don't know if he does. So thanks for coming on, Jameson. We'll see you later. Um, that's the show, everybody. Hey, I, I will still claim responsibility because I know he had told me, I think it was last week. He was like, hey, we got Jameson next week. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. And I, like I said, started a new gig this week. And uh, so I, I had a lot of balls up in the air. Uh, so, but we're good. You're here. We're going to talk the new GX and Kusa X, correct? Not the 10, the X. That's right, the X. <laughs> so and I can even get into that. Um, you know, the, the name why it's the X is <clears throat> we really uh went to our team uh with this design, and so we kind of thought, well, what you know, what can we call this boat? Do we come up with a completely new name uh and get away from the Kusa name altogether, or do we stick with it? And the Kusa line is just so jackson i mean it was the first fishing kayak we did sure um and it's just got so much history just in kayak fishing in general but especially with river fishing kayaks and um so we wanted to keep that name but we you know the x is kind of like what does this boat do well it helps you get to places that are hard to get to and and that there's you know kind of like a treasure map you've got this x that marks the spot that you want to get to and and this is what allows you to get to but also it's where you make your mark. It's where you sign your signature. Usually, you know, you've got an X and sign, sign at the X. Um, and this is a, a true, and it says on the logo, it's a team signature series watercraft. And what that means is it wasn't, uh, nothing about this boat was one person or two people or even three people. I mean, it was a group effort from a lot of, uh, team paddlers. Jean is in the chat. She's one of our team paddlers. Um, and, uh, so we, we, compiled information and stuff from a lot of our team and then we had our r d team um, who put their heads together to try to deliver on what those ask were 
Um, and so that's kind of where the X came from. It was like, you know, this is no one person's thing. This is like, you know, everybody's got a little bit of skin in the game. And uh, so that's where the name came from anyway. That's why it's called the X. No, that's cool, man. I like that. Uh, you know, the X marks the spot and the whole signature, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's cool. Because I, I was curious because I was like, well, they haven't had 10 versions of the Kusa, <laughs> no. maybe four, right? Or something around there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's cool to see you guys continuing to um, see the evolution of your models, so to speak. Um, super cool. Super cool. But I did want to point out that uh, Jean Wilson isn't a paddler. She's just a big bass catching machine. Just true story. Yeah, so. true story. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not even on the same level as us, dude. She's no. like, like we're here. Jameson's probably here. Yeah. Gene Wilson is. Oh, like, I remember when she caught like that. That was it, a twenty-seven or twenty-seven and a half. And yeah. I was, well, and I was like, "Is that real?" I, yeah. was, like, looked at it, I was like, "I was like, that doesn't look real. Is that real?" And you go hang out with Gene, especially on her river there that she fishes a lot. And you're paddling along and she's just pointing things out, you know, like there's a cool tree and there's a bird. There's yep. where I caught my 13 pounder. There's where I caught my 14 pounder. <laughs> yeah. Got the 15 right there. You're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to hang out. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Take me back to the truck. <laughs> like I thought this was a nice three pounder. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, getting back to the boat. Um, uh, the one thing I was thinking about on the way home tonight, I was like, did, did you guys do a whole new mold for this boat or did you just kind of modify the existing boat and, and make changes to it? Uh, I mean, is, I've looked at a few photos and I was curious, like hull design, things like that. It's, it's got a lot of the same, uh, especially from the parting line down of the lower half. It's got a lot of the same things that make it very Kusa like in the sense that it has the, high volume bow it's got rocker um you know meaning that the boat kind of looks like a banana when it's sitting on the floor um and those things are very kusa but this is a brand new mold from the ground up because there were things about the kusa original kusa and a, and the kusa hd that the team both liked and disliked um and so sure. this was um the overall ask was something that delivered a more maneuverable platform than the HD, um, which would be more similar to the original Kusa, but with the stability and modern ring features, wide open deck space, um, and just a larger capacity in general for gear and, and kayaking. There's like myself continued to get bigger. It seems like. <laughs> so every year I weigh more than I did the year before, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just a combination of like, we want the boat to be, you know, a little different in this way than what we currently have. And, and, and so putting all that together, um, it was a completely new whole, whole shape design, but it did carry over some of the, some of the features or some of the uh, attributes from uh, the older, the older Kusa line from the original Kusa and the Kusa HD. Yeah. Right on, right on. Um, Roy is in the chat and he was asking what the weight capacity is. So I got the specs pulled up on the screen. Boats 11 foot, eight, 36 inches wide, 425 pound capacity. And the weight of the boat is 98 pounds. Is that with the seat or without the seat? Because That's with everything. So everything that comes on the boat, it's got a few accessories that come with it. 
Um, that's the seat, the seat frame and the sliders that can come out. So that alone can shed, you know, 10 or 12 pounds off the boat by pulling that out. Um, and that capacity at 425. So Chris Funk did a really cool video. If you guys look him up on uh, YouTube, I think it's Feral One Chris Funk, yep. the Feral One Chris Funk. Um, but did a video where he put uh, sandbags in it and he actually went up to 520 something pounds um, mm. and was still able to paddle it and maneuver it. And we always want to be conservative when we put those capacities. Um, so that's what we feel comfortable that you could put in the boat and it still performs safely out on the water. It doesn't include the weight of the boat. So that's above and beyond, you know, 425 extra pounds can go on that boat. Um, if you distribute it properly and still actually function really well. That's cool. I'm dropping the link uh, to Chris's video in the chat for you guys to go and watch later on. Uh, it'll be saved there. And then if you guys are listening on the podcast platforms, I'll uh, I'll drop that down in the show notes as well. Make sure you subscribe, Ugh. subscribe to our man, Chris Funk as well. He's always yeah, putting he's out some cool content. content. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. So, so that's cool. I mean, it's kind of, uh, from the top view, it's almost got like, I like the aspect that you guys got a lot of team feedback on this boat. Um, cause I think that's cool when you involve the whole fishing team in, in a project like that. I know a few other companies in the market do the same thing and, you know, it's pretty cool to see, you know, what the guys come up with with all those heads being put together, like, Hey, what's good, what's bad, you know, and, and piecemealing that boat together. Was there some things that may have uh, got suggested that kind of had to be left out or, or if uh, there was one thing that had to be left out and now looking back, you kind of wish it, it got mixed into the boat. Is there something that comes into mind? <clears throat> Nothing like that really comes into mind as far as uh, anything. I think someone asked me kind of a similar question the other day. What were, what were the bad ideas, you know? Um, sure. And, and I really don't think that we missed anything. I, honestly, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things, you know, um, that you put down, you know, you'd love the boat to, to weigh 50 pounds and, and be able to still do everything else that you have on the list. You'd love the boat to cost 800 bucks and still be able to do everything else. So I'd say if anything, you know, we, we wish we could make lighter, lighter boats and cheaper boats, but at the end of the day um, to deliver on the whole performance and deliver on the feature set uh, that we really wanted to have in this boat, I think we, we really nailed it and it's a very good balance and compromise um, of what everything the team said. And the cool thing about having a team, and we've done this now, we did it with the NAR, we did it with this boat, um, we're doing it with future projects. Um, but what's really cool about it is when you have two or three people um, and you ask them separately, uh, we had the group chat and everything, but but we also kind of had everybody list their wants in, in order of, of importance um, without being able to really talk to each other because Sometimes when you do that, you get influenced, right? When you're in a room with sure. people and, and someone says something you're like, yeah, I didn't think about that, but I do kind of want that. And then is that your really your want or is that their want? Um, but when you hear three or four people give you the same thing, it's like, okay, that's something that we should really put down on paper and, and try to incorporate in this, in this boat. Um, and and I'll, when we walk through it, I'll kind of point out those particular things, but um, but yeah, I don't think, uh, I can't think of anything specifically that anyone wanted that we weren't able to really 
um, deliver on. Um, you know, when looking back at the feature set, I mean, it really nailed a whole lot of spots. There's still not a lot of them out there. So I, unfortunately, everybody that had their hands on this design still hasn't gotten the chance to paddle it yet. So I'm excited to see every time one of those people gets to get in the boat um, and really feel um, the performance and, and see the deck layout and the feature set and, and how it checks those boxes that they, that they had listed um, is a very fulfilling moment for me as, as the brand manager, because I'm the one trying to connect all those pieces, right? Like take that information sure. and then feed it to R and D and, and kind of help them and stay there and see how things get laid out. And uh, so to see, then to be able to take that boat as a finished product to someone like Chris or Gene and get them in it and they're, and the, to see them kind of light up and go, yes, this is what we wanted. And you guys got it, you know, you nailed it. And uh, so that's been a really cool part of this whole process for me no that's that's super cool man like when i when i first look at it 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 almost looks like the kusa in the liska had a baby <laughs> it's and, funny you say uh, that that was one of the main things that people <laughs> they loved actually the sort of the layout of the liska the tank well of the liska and the wide openness and, and uh, simplicity that Aliska offered. So that, that is a lot of the reason it looks the way it does. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, back when I was floating in Akusa and Aliska, like the, the nicest thing about the Aliska was that big wide open tank. Well, whereas like in the Kusa, it was just really tight. You know, you sometimes struggle to get your black pack in there and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So, Having that wide open tank well, man, is is super slick. I really, really like that. I mean, is this going to make me want to get rid of my Liska? Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. You know, <laughs> I, it I, mean, on I really like my Liska. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on what you're doing. I mean, uh, the Liska is a little lighter, um, a little simpler, but... Uh, if you're if you're running moving water, if you want to get really shallow, um, one of the things that I think is really stands out about this boat when we get into the cockpit area, the deck layout, um, you'll see some geometry in the floor and it makes this boat super rigid um, to stand on. And you don't have a lot of flex at all on the floor, really no flex in the floor. And that nice. was one of the things with Aliska, you know, over time, standing in the same area over time, you eventually get a little bit of flex there, which is pretty normal when you're talking about plastic boats. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things we attacked, um, with this boat was to try to get that, that stiffness in the, in the deck area and, uh, and really 
make a rigid platform to stand and move around on and to make it drain very quickly if you were to be in white water or you know take waves over the bow or over the side um so uh, a lot of things there going on that i think are probably improvements overall to the line and as we look at future boats you'll see a lot of the same uh, technology um or things that we're doing like the tri-track and that floor geometry start to become kind of a staple for the kayak. Yeah, right on, dude. Is that got, am I counting this right? Is there eight scuppers? Because there's two under the front of the seat, two behind, one in the bow and the stern, and then two up by the pedals, huh? So, yeah, there's, there's so you got the, the, the three there in the cockpit. There's a transducer scupper directly center under the seat. Oh, okay. So that's four. And then you got five, six. There's two behind the seat. And then that's seven, eight. Take so nine. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Nine total. Oh, wow. Yeah. I bet that. Yeah, so it dumps true. water really fast. Those channels are pretty deep as well. So um, the water's going to run there. It's a very dry boat. And uh, even with that 500 pounds, 525 pounds that Chris put in it, um, you still didn't even have water coming in the scuppers at that point. Uh, oh, wow. Kind of right at the top of the scupper not in the channel unless you lean one direction or the other but mm. yeah with a normal kayak fishing load of i'm 230 and i take the 16 by 16 black pack loaded down it's not even close to you know having water in the in the floor of the boat anywhere that's cool dude that's super cool well let's let's start up front man yeah come on Come on, move over. <laughs> Running a uh, really high end show here. Uh, <laughs> it just it just didn't want to move over. <laughs> I'll get it. It was doing so well, and then it just stopped. I know. I, like, I know. Oh, That's yeah. what you get for See? using an apple. Oh boy! Oh, here, we <laughs> here we go. Now you're gonna now you're gonna start wars. Uh, just start with the handle, Jameson. I'll get it to pull back up here. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, as you get it pulled up there, I mean, I'll talk about the whole shape a little bit more. Um, you know, the reason <clears throat> behind that Kusa, that obviously Kusa look, that high volume kind of bulbous, higher bow shape um, is for whitewater. I mean, the boat is designed from the ground up to be a river fishing kayak. Um, and sometimes you encounter, you know, whitewater and you got to go through it and you got you got waves or whatever. Um, one of the things about some of the other boats like the Liska, which doesn't have a lot of rocker or, or as much volume, while it's still a great river boat. If you're getting into bigger whitewater, it's going to punch through a wave, right? The water is going to like come up on the bow or into the cockpit area and then have to dump out. It's usually not a problem unless you're in a bigger wave, but having this volume forward in the front of the boat and having the rocker, you know, where the bow is kind of raised up. What that does is it allows the boat to pop up on top of those waves and over them instead of trying to dive or punch through them. Because it's essentially that's when you're going to get like unstable, right? Like when you sure. dive under the water and then you've got an extra 150 pounds of water sitting on the deck of your boat, that's when things are going to go downhill. So this allowing to pop up and kind of ride on top of those waves and not be diving and punching through them is what is a key element. Uh, that rocker also allows the boat to be like super maneuverable. Um, so when you need to, you know, zigzag through a rock garden in the river and you've got boulders on one side and tree limbs down on the other side and everything else, and you're trying to fight a fish and you need to turn the boat quickly, 
um, it just allows for, you know, less wetted surface on the bottom. So you can spin the boat, you know, even though it's 11 foot, um, eight inches, it's still going to spin like a much shorter boat would, um, and, and be able to turn and, and do it quickly. So you can, you know, make those changes as you need to in current and then moving water around obstacles. So those are some of the really key features to that hull shape. And, it, you know, it, it looks very different than a lot of kayaks that are on the market, but there's a reason. And, uh, if you look at our whitewater lineup, um, some of the Creek running river running style boats, are going to have that higher volume in the front to be able to punch through those rapids and, and keep you on top of the water instead of in the water. So sure. So with it with it being shorter, because the old Kusa was twelve and a half, wasn't it? Or was it? Uh, the H- yeah, the HD was. Uh, I wish I had the specs now because I'm going like, to put it. Twelve. One. I think it was under twelve. All three of them have been under twelve. Really? The original one, I think, okay. was like eleven three. Uh, okay. I'll pull it up. Here. While we're talking well about. with uh with you mentioning like maneuverability and stuff um how well does it track if you're just you know paddling across a lake or something like that like how's the tracking yeah. on it this is the really kind of weird thing about this boat um i was looking here for the specs but i'll let one of you guys look for that maybe i'll right find it i'll find it <laughs> um chris did a very good side-by-side comparison video too so you dropped his link already but um uh, between it and the hd but the interesting thing about it is, you know, one of the ask was that it had a little more maneuverability than the HD. It was kind of like this, in our opinion, as a team, that the CUSA came out and it was almost too nimble and not very good when you got to those like flat sections of a river that you had to like cover some ground. You had a headwind or whatever. Um, plus, I'm a bigger guy and uh, that's a small boat, which is great when I'm like creek fishing, but, you know. I could stand in it. It's also the only Jackson kayak that I've ever flipped, uh, you know, in a normal fishing situation. Yeah, because uh, that one didn't take much. To, no, to and it, but spot. I could stand in it. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. At the same time, like it would also like yep. reach in for something. It would, <laughs> yep. just, you know, I'd be open. Oh, um, I was I was tipped in mine before. I was like, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the only one. I go under a tree, inevitably have rods sticking up, yep. and and you know end up upside down i only did it twice but it was always the kusa um so the, that I did the kucha kusa hd is 12, okay, you're right. six. Yeah, 12 six. so the original yeah. kusa was like 11 and some change so yeah that was the the point there was to try to get a boat almost kind of in between the two sure in the, in the sense of maneuverability um but i would say closer to kusa hd than kusa but again more maneuverable and more river specific in whole shape um than the coos hd but the weird thing is because it sits so high on the water and has such a high volume um it it's very easy to get up to speed and once you have it up to speed it glides very well so if you take some time and learn you know how to paddle properly um it actually tracks really well um especially if you're putting the blade in close to the side of the boat uh, and what we call like a high angle uh blade or a high angle paddle stroke um so instead of reaching out wide if you reach out wide you want it to turn you do a sweeping stroke from bow to stern out wide it's going to turn but if you put the blade in close to it and you you know have a nice consistent paddle stroke the boat glides so well and when you stop paddling it just keeps gliding and it doesn't want to it doesn't like automatically start going one way or the other that was another thing we wanted to accomplish with the hd 
if you had wind or whatever, like it would weather vane or, or wind cock, as we call it, like it would want to turn and face into the wind, you know, when sure. you're sitting floating down the river. And one of the things we noticed about this boat so far is that it will turn perpendicular to the wind and just float that way. So it just seems to somehow, I don't know if it's because it sits higher on the water and has less like of the current kind of manipulating it or what, but it actually, once you get it going, it paddles really well. And when we had it out testing it, we had a Liska, um, we had uh, a bite and a U-Pick and the U-Pick is one of our longer uh, paddling kayaks. And uh, Chris was in the Kusa and he was matching us uh, stroke for stroke and having no issue keeping up with us. Nice. So it's pretty impressive. And I, I don't know, it's some kind of wizardry. I'm not going to pretend to know what Tony, our, our whole <laughs> designer did and, and Nick Lewis, who uh, worked on CAD with this boat. It's one of the first boats we've ever done um, in CAD for fishing kayak. Uh, most of them have all just been hand shaped. This one was a kind of a mix between CAD and, and hand shaping. Um, so yeah, whatever wizardry they did there, um, and to make this boat move the way it does is pretty impressive. No, that's super cool, man. And it's, it's cool to see you guys, uh, changing it up, right? Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, with the design process and everything like that, man, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that, that evolution, like I mentioned earlier that you guys are taking (laughs) and, and really hitting things head on, man. It's, and I mean, from everything I see, dude, this thing looks pretty dope. I'm just going to say that. We're pretty <laughs> proud of it, I will say. I mean, obviously, I'm a little partial, but pretty proud. Sure, sure. So I I believe I saw part of the walkthrough that Chris did on this boat, and uh, or maybe it was a Facebook post that one of the guys put up, but um, you guys made it so you could store rods in that front hatch now, right? Yeah, so some of the older, like the original Kusa until the hatch design was kind of changed, it did get more cumbersome trying to get rods inside. Um, and some people like to do that. They like to carry the rods down inside the boat, um, you know, for storage when they got in the back of the truck or whatever. Um, so this has a very large front hatch. It's actually the exact same hatch profile that we have on the NAR, which is a almost 14-foot long boat. Nice. Um, and it has a ton of volume up there. And it's tall, so um, the bow of the boat is tall, which allows you to be able to manipulate, um, you know, eight foot rod, seven foot rod, whatever, um, down in there. Now you got to do the whole thing where you're kind of bending it and going yeah, slow, yeah. and you know, engine <laughs> a little bit. But um, it's it's pretty easy to get it in and out. And we actually put a power pole down in it uh, the other day too, just kind of testing that. Oh, nice. Um, so if you want, if you you know, if that's a feature that you're looking for. Um, but I'll quickly, now that you have it kind of pulled up, just start there at the bow. Um, sure. With this one, again, just to kind of save as much weight as possible and and uh, keep that from sticking out. We went with the, the kind of, I say, old school or standard style handle versus the molded in handle that we have on some of our other models. Um, we flattened that surface up there on the bow, which is something we did on the NAR as well. And, and not saying this is particularly a boat that you would, get to motorize however like i've had a lot of questions and comments from people that are looking at this boat to motorize it because of the volume and capacities and stuff um that flat area would allow you to to rig a bow mounted trolling motor pretty easy with some through bolting and stuff Um, and then we put track on each side there and the real purpose for this 
was a lot of people are using the anchor wizards and stuff like that now. And if you're fishing, if you're really fishing moving water, um, you know that you typically want to cast up river uh, and bring your bait down river instead of the other way around, right? So uh, being able to anchor off the bow so that you can kind of face up river, even, you know, a lot of people will put in and paddle up river to fish their way up to a, a dam or, or a ledge or something like that. Um, and this allows you to be able to mount that anchor wizard. Um, I guess I don't remember what they call it, but that tube part that kind of allows your anchor to yeah. stay and drop down. Is that the trolley uh, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever that part of it is, uh, will mount to the track there uh, with, with the hardware that comes with the anchor wizard, the little T-nuts and screws. So you don't have to do any kind of drilling. And then we put some geometry there and we have a, a pass-through kit that's just basically some uh, heat shrink tubing type stuff that, um, you can pass the anchor line through the inside of the bow. So you just minimize the amount of line uh, that you have on top of the bow that could get caught in hooks, you know, and stuff. So sure. um, with that tubing kit, you can run, you know, your anchor line, uh, mount your your anchor wizard or your anchor line retainer, whatever it might be, to the track and then run the line through the bow and come out and then have your deployment uh, system on that track up front. Uh, but it's also actually a pretty cool place to mount a camera because it gets a little further away from you. So you don't have that like super zoomed in look. Um, some of the guys have been doing that as well. So just gives you a few more mounting options there. Um, like I said, sure. large bow hatch. It's got the new paddle uh, stager um, as far as like what the retention there. Um, it's rubberized and UV protected. Uh, and then some security bars on each side in case you want to strap more gear down. We have a fish bag now that would fit there and stuff like that. So you just, you know, lots of versatility in the bow area. Nice, nice. So we got a question in regards to uh, the bow mount motor. Andrew Watson on YouTube says uh, he's got an XI3 that he was going to mount on his 2016 Kusa HD. Tricky. How flat is the bow on the new and would quick release plate interfere with the bow hatch um and will the inline anchor feature be ready around may the inline anchor feature is ready and shipping now so you can actually order that accessory kit um with the boat now and dealers should actually be starting to carry those as well um the uh and basically that comes with a drill bit that's the right size and a and a piece of tubing, two pieces of tubing, one for each side. Um, and if you ever installed a rudder on a kayak or anything like that, but it's pretty simple. You drill a couple holes, run the tubing kit, uh, melt the end, and, and it keeps it from sucking back inside the boat. Um, so that's pretty simple and straightforward. And we have an instructional video being edited um, to show you how to do that. Uh, I believe the quick release plate is going to work really well there. I have not mounted it on there yet. I have mine mounted on my NAR right now, um, but it's a pretty significantly large uh, area up front um, that I believe you'll be able to, to, to bolt that quick release plate. You may have to configure how that plate is mounted to the actual motor because sometimes you have to reverse it um, in order to get it, you know, far enough forward so that it doesn't interfere with the bow hatch. So, I'll try to do some looking at that uh, and get you guys a, a better answer tomorrow because I have one that I haven't opened yet, one of the quick release plates that I haven't opened yet. So I might be able to take a look and see um, what that looks like on the boat in the morning. 
right on right on i noticed too you guys put in like a drain channel coming off the side of each corner of the hatch that's slick mm -hmm. too for when you you do take a little water over the bow you know yeah it's something from the nar um so like i said it's very it's the exact same geometry hatch geometry that we had on the nar um when you open the hatch you have a very tall uh kind of hatch rim that, that yep. goes around so the water would have to like go in go up a wall and then go around and back down. So it, it really takes a, I mean, you have to be upside down essentially for water <laughs> to actually start the leak in the hatch. Um, and, and then that drain trough that goes all the way around has a place to exit and it's not dumping that water into the cockpit area too. So it just helps shed that water away very quickly um, and keep it away from that cockpit rim, which is going to allow that bow to stay super dry. Nice, nice, nice. Well, like moving back to the cockpit, the one thing I was just like, kind of like, Ooh, what did they do here? <laughs> what was the reasoning for the foot pegs to yeah. be more centered in the boat? So this was, this was one of those things where we had an ask that multiple people listed. And the ask was they wanted the kayak, the rod storage to be inside the kayak, not yep. Like the original Kusa or the Kusa HD had the rod tusk or, you know, rod tip protectors on the outside, um, you know. And so when you strapped your rods down, the, the rod was essentially on the outside of the boat, at least for part of it. And then kind of on top of the boat um, in the back area where the reel would be. Um, same thing with the big rig. You know, we had the troughs on the outside. Well, the NAR and the new seat system, we were able to bring that rod storage inside and everybody really liked that um, feature because it protects your rods. If you hit, you know, a rock or an exposed limb or something, you're not snagging reels and, um, and it allows you to get those rods horizontal versus vertical sticking up when you're going under, you know, overhanging trees mm -hmm. and whatnot. But that presented a challenge. How do you have foot pegs where they normally would go? if your rods <laughs> need to go there. Um, so we played around with a few different ideas. And uh, one of them was, if you guys remember the Mayfly, we had kind of a center block uh, brace style uh, mm -hmm. contraption yeah. in, the, in the center of the Mayfly. But the team almost unanimously said, we always take that thing out. We don't want it. So right. then we're like scratching our heads, like in a river boat to paddle correctly, it's really good to be able to brace and have, your foot on something, you know, and to give yourself mm -hmm. a little bit of bracing to engage your core and be able to paddle. Uh, so we played around with a few different designs and, and Brad Cisco are kind of our head, head of R and D um, drew up a design for these foot pegs and we 3d printed them and we put them on a boat and went out and tried them. And uh, surprisingly it was like, Hey, these, this works. Um, and you can adjust them. You can also remove them completely uh, very easily. Uh, and because we have the tri track on both sides, if you're just like, I need my foot pegs to be on the side of the boat, um, we make a track mounted foot peg that comes on the U pick. And so you could actually still have just a standard kind of foot peg on the sides mounted to the tri track. Um, but this just gives you the ability to have that foot bracing and not interfere with that rod storage, is the reason behind these kind of different looking uh uh foot pegs here in the center i was just gonna pull this up real quick because i found a, a picture of the mayfly because i know exactly what you're talking about it's like 
it seems like every boat has something that guys are just like, yeah, I'm not even going to use this. And they pull it out. And I, mm -hmm. I distinctly remember um, that being one of the things, you know, the Mayfly, everybody always uh, pulled Some people big... loved it, you know, and they would find right uh, store their transducer cable inside it and mount the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fish finder yeah. to it. Um, but others would just, you know, hey, this is something I don't use. And that's kind of what the where the idea started. And really the Mayfly was kind of heading the direction of some of this because it did have two rod tubes more inside the boat than the, the Kusa did. Um, so a lot of this is, is uh, you know, where that's at. No, I like it. If you guys can see, I, I kind of got it blown up. It's not very good, but there was that big blocky thing there. Whereas now with the... Uh, with the Kusa X, you know, it's like that's way more streamlined. And like you said, you could take them in and out, which is super slick too, you know? Yeah, and mm -hmm. and if you put – it comes with this kind of standard uh, T-knob or whatever. If you switch it over to like a low-profile T-knob from Yak Attack, there's actually yeah. nothing to catch a fly line. So that was one of the other things about it. We designed the foot peg to kind of be snag-free um and allow stuff to slip off of it line to slip off of it and not catch stuff but those t-nuts because they have a little bit of a gap between them and the floor um i would strongly like say switch them out to a low profile uh t-nut and uh, there and on the seat sliders and then you would have nothing to snag fly line it would be you know pretty easy the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Sure, 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 sure. No, that's cool, man. I dig that. I dig that. And it makes sense, right? Like the with the internal rod storage and stuff. So can you just store four rods internally? Or is it one of those situations where you can maybe double up a rod in each rod tube? And you know, We have done that, um, actually. Uh, so as you move back in the cockpit area, the, you've got you can see mounted there is kind of the second half of that rod storage, the, the rod rack that holds the, the rod butts. Um, and we developed that part, that, uh, you know, piece for the uh, NAR. And the NAR has three tubes on each side. So that has three places. But, you know, that's a pretty expensive tool and took a lot of development time. So we're like, well, we'll use it on the KUSA, even though the KUSA only has two tubes. So the first time we took it out, that's what I was doing. I was putting two in one and one in the other, especially if you use like a rod sock. Then they don't get tangled up sure. at all and it works really easily. Um so, you know, that's kind of how it is, is four is super easy. Um, you know, three is doable. Uh, I mean, so far as four total. Um, so six is doable. 
eight is doable. Like it can be done, you know, uh, there's ways mm-hmm. to keep things from tangling better, but you have basically three, uh, rod, butt uh, retainers on each side there with that, that, uh, that mount. And then you have two tubes on each side. So, um, the, the reason for two versus three is just the, the, the height there didn't allow for the third tube. Um, so we had to stick with the two. Nice. Nice. And for that tri tri track is what you're calling it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for yeah. somebody that's not familiar with that, you know, what, what does that all entail? Cause I, I think that's a super cool option that, uh, you guys pumped out. Yeah, this this came out. So it's kind of a funny story there. We again, R&D team does a great job. and They they uh, had the idea for a three sided uh, track and uh, we launched it actually on the take two, which is our sorry. I think my daughter's yelling in the background. No worries. But uh, um, yeah, we had we had originally launched that on the take two is kind of the first test run and some pretty short sections. I think it was like 22 inches or whatever. Um, sections on each side but essentially the idea was you know especially in a boat where you're if you're going to motorize it or you're going to you know a pedal drive kayak um, you can everything you want to be kind of at your fingertips right Um, Mm -hmm. when you're paddling you you usually want things a little further forward out of your paddle stroke or a little further back out of your paddle stroke but essentially there's like usually one spot somewhere on the track where everything ends up like your cup holder. You know, if you're motorizing, you got your throttle control, trying to mount your rods there, um, your fish finder, whatever, you know, all that stuff is like all in this little small space. Um, So the idea with the the three sided track was, well, why couldn't you just mount all that stuff in the same space um, and be able to really utilize it? So then I kind of came in, (laughs) <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Jameson's got an angry daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, it's cool, man. That that tri track, you know, like uh it I got something similar that's a, a prototype right now, but um it's nice because I can slide stuff around, have something mounted to the side hanging off the edge of the boat like a camera arm things like that have my throttle mounted up top and you know uh something mounted on the inner side as well but not only that but it you know it's gives you three times the mounting space you know instead of having everything crunched up on a small gear track now you can kind of spread things out and that's a nice thing I like about it, man, from it going bow or, you know, right behind the hatch all the way back to, you know, basically where your butt's going to be in the seat almost. Yeah. And, and when we did the NAR, that was kind of the thing. You know, the idea was never to really have more than a, you know, 22, 23-inch, two-foot section, right? Um, but when we were looking at the NAR, that's kind of what when I came in and, and I think I gave them a pretty hard time in R&D. I was like, I think it needs to be the – whole length of the boat like the whole cockpit and they're like what (laughs) and and i said also i think it should bend to match the curvature of the boat and then that was another big like you're out of your mind like you can't do that and i remember taking a piece of track and going over to a pipe rack and actually bending it to kind of like yeah we can why look i just did it you know and uh and the well, the T bolt won't slide, and it's like, yeah, it it, it will because it's not a very you know tight radius. It's not an elbow, um, 
so yeah, there was a lot of back and forth there. And I, I don't think when they came up with the idea, they ever thought we'd be putting giant pieces of it uh, on the boat. I think the NAR has almost 12 feet of, of, of tri-track on it. Um, oh, geez. This yeah, boat has, lot. I think there's six feet there, uh, somewhere around three feet long. And then you got a section of almost two feet behind you. So there's probably eight feet of track there um, as far as tri-track goes. But what we realized is that even more than that, you can actually run, you know, T-bolts, run lines for steering cables uh, for your motor. You can run uh, mm -hmm. lines for right, raising and lowering your motors in the back. You can run your transducer cable down it and use things to kind of pin it in place on the inside of your track. So it just becomes like this more to it than just mounting something, right? Like it allows you to really manage your cockpit area, your fishing area and uh, dial it in. Uh, for your needs. And so we also partnered with Yak Attack on that. Uh, they have uh, the top loading geometry. They have a patent for that. Uh, and that was something we really wanted to be able to do because I hate nothing more than when you have something mounted and then you got to remove it to get something else that's mounted because you got to slide it all the way to the end or to the slot. Uh, so yep. that top loading geometry is so key. Um, and so we partnered with Yak Attack there to get that, that, uh, that patented geometry in all three sides of the track which just makes it really easy to adapt that or keep it as clean as you want i mean you can mm -hmm. you can empty it or, or fill it up totally agree man that 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 track i mean how can you beat it but i, I was going back thinking what you said about the nar 12 feet you multiply that by three sides i mean you got 36 it's, feet of gear track it's, it's just stupid. ridiculous <laughs> but it's cool i mean that just gives you the angler in that boat way more rigging options man and mm -hmm. let's be honest like kayaks that's what it's all about you know like just being able to rig up different ways for different situations you know it's super cool to be able to you know uh, modify to, you know, your exact design without having to go to the sh local shop, getting an extra piece of track and then putting some screw holes in your boat and things like that. You know? Yeah. Let me ask this. Can, so the, the aluminum tracks that are just behind the seat, can they handle the boondocks? So I, we have not officially tested, um, the boat with the landing gear on it as far as from a standpoint of like i can't say as a jackson kayak representative that we would warranty a boat that you yeah. rolled around with you know however much weight or gear and and did the boondocks um, but i can say that we have played with it on the nar mounted to the same tracks um and you know haven't seen any issues it's just not something that we can sign off on 100 like Hey, if something yeah. happened, if you pull your track, like that's covered under warranty, but um, it's pretty strong. I'll put it that way. Like it's, it's pretty stout um, the way it's. Yeah. Cause, in. Yeah. Cause the inserts are like, they can handle. What's well, a combination too of inserts and bosses. So bosses huh. inserts, people know it's a brass insert that's molded into the plastic. Right. And then you yeah. can screw in a quarter 20 or whatever size screw. Um, a boss is like a molded chunk of plastic, basically, that you can then, and it's it's got usually a pinhole in it, and you, and you tap it with a kind of aggressive, almost like a wood screw type thread. Um, and the bosses actually test stronger with pull strength than a, than a brass insert does. Uh, so you got a combination of bosses and inserts, and I don't remember which ones are which, but 
Um, There's a combination of that going on there, which makes it super strong. Um, But I've seen people store their kayaks on the boondocks landing gear in the middle of the summer in the sun. And so, you know, it just depends on how you're using things a lot of the time, uh, what you can and, and get away with and what you can't. Well, I'm sure it all depends too, you know, kayak anglers don't like to pack light. It's like you <laughs> yes. need to bring everything, you know, yep. so if, if you got your boat fully loaded up yeah. with, you know, a lithium battery, a black pack overflowing and, you know, extra tackle boxes, a paddle. Yep. I mean, it all adds up quick, you know, so. Yeah, the yeah, boat I, floated, but getting it, getting all that on a concentrated area with of screws <laughs> being screwed into plastic, <laughs> that can be another story sure 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 yeah i was gonna i was gonna say like um i I think in its present state it'd probably be fine personally just because i did it to the kusa fd uh back in the day and it was you know obviously a lot different than that i think there's more structural integrity off of those uh off of those tracks but i think to brian's point once you start adding you got a, a full black pack you know you're carrying six to eight rods you got, you know, plastics in the back. I mean, you're going to put a lot of pressure on that side, so you're probably taking a risk. But that's, you know, that's on you guys. You know, let's, yeah. Right? Let's be honest. We've all done that. We've yeah, all yeah. Done I mean, that. I'm not going to say I haven't. I've done it. You know, yeah. it, I, I, I feel pretty confident about it. You know, yeah. But it's, it I looks good from a from a standpoint of Jackson Kag. I don't think. They're ready to make an official statement as far as yeah, yeah. situations sure. go. Like Jameson said, so replacement boats are yeah, are coming out of Jameson's shack. I was carrying eight hundred pounds of corn, taking it to my deer stand and my kayak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Jameson said it'd be all right. He said it'd be fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. It's like, uh, Jameson, uh, after all the replacements, uh, you actually owe us money this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I typically owe Jackson money. Like, I think I have revolving credit that I have. To pay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I know how that It's goes. an interesting uh, industry to be in, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree, man. So, uh, obviously, moving moving back to the rear tank while we already kind of touched on that at the beginning. Nice, wide, open, so we can overload that when we have our boondocks landing. Yeah, on the exactly. <laughs> that, that was a big thing, yeah. too. So, you guys were talking about the Liska earlier. Um, and real quick before I get into that, the so the rod, I talked about the rod management there. The cool thing about those clips is they come with an adapter in this boat and uh, you could actually mount them to the flat track as they're pictured there, or you could mount them. uh, You can remove that adapter and mount them to the tri track. So for me, I sit in the high position exclusively um, and I like them mounted to the tri track, uh, which allows me to kind of have my reels uh, right there in that gap between the seat and the floor um, and right up my, my thigh. Um, but if you're sitting in the low position, that can kind of interfere with your paddle stroke a little bit. So being able to move them back to that flat track um, and get the rod butt kind of behind you seems to be what, where people like it if they're in the low position in the seat. So um, that's why there's some versatility there with the adapter, being able to use it to the side uh, of the of the tri track or to the top of, a, of the flat track. Um, and it gives you those options. Um and the seat has that the new what we call the easy high low seat system. It 
can slide forward and aft. It can go high and low. There's no pins needed. You just lift the front. Um, it can slide right up into the, the locked kind of high position, lift again in the front. So one hand operation is really smooth and simple, really. Um, uh, but uh, but as you move into the, the tank well, you've got the tri-track that goes across. It both adds structure and it gives you more mounting options. This is where I actually mount usually my cup holder right there behind me. Uh, we got a new accessory called the multi-box that comes with the NAR that mounts right there really nicely. Um, so a lot of options for, again, mounting stuff. A couple of flush mount rod holders, uh, which is pretty standard on most fishing kayaks these days. Um, but the large tank well, again, like everyone loved the Kusa layout um, back there, being able to put bigger crates, more gear, whatever. Um, and it, it was kind of perfect timing as we were working on this boat. Uh, you know, here comes Jack Attack with their new 16 by 16 black pack, which when you put yeah. rod holders on the sides, gets even bigger, right? So um, before, like you guys said, with the Coos HD, you kind of had to have your your crate configured in a certain way. And that was the only way you were going to fit it in there. Because um, things have just gotten, I mean, crates have gotten bigger and rods and all that have gotten bigger. But we wanted to be able to keep access to the inside of the boat, not just for storage, but for rigging. I mean, if you're trying to run wiring, if you're going to run a motor and you're trying to run steering controls and things like that, just having an access point in the stern of the boat. Um, plus you can fit some stuff in there. Um, was kind of the two goals with this. And the Liska had a place to be able to add that round hatch as an accessory, but we wanted this boat to come standard with that so that you wouldn't have to do any drilling or cutting uh, to be able to access that stern. So that's kind of where that came from. And you can fit, no matter how you have it configured, you can put one of the 16 by 16 uh, black packs back there with rods all the way around it if you want and still have tons of room that's cool uh, i'm pulling up a picture of the uh the multi-box that uh you were talking yeah about there you there. go and, yes. and it's exactly. cool man you got tool storage on there you know obviously mm -hmm. some internal storage all that good stuff man that's awesome yeah the uh the lid's removable it can hold you know a couple 3700s there's a bungee that would retain those but if you want the lid I use mine kind of as the catch-all, um, so I actually have mine mounted to my black pack um, on the sides or on the end of it, and uh, it kind of hangs over in that space on top of that tri-track that was pictured on the boat. But anyway, I use it to keep all my leader material. I keep my wacky rig tool, my scissors, pliers. I'll throw my car keys in there. It's just my catch-all, you know? Um, and, sure. Uh, works really well, and keeps things from floating around loose in my black pack. I can just keep my Plano boxes and bags of plastics back there and not have to dig through stuff. I like it. I like it. That's cool. You man. got a couple of tracks there on each side, obviously, but we put some cutouts for one inch webbing. So, you know, however you want to strap that uh, black pack or crate or gear down back there, you can run bungees or you can run a web, uh, you know, one inch webbing uh, cam straps or whatever um, to be able to strap stuff down nice nice and then obviously you guys got the uh the mount in the back for uh power pole motor things like that another access panel to get in the hall for wiring and all that good stuff man that's awesome too yep and then the drag chain has always been something you know that came out originally on the kusa and it's very uh people that river fish a lot are familiar with that it's a way to slow the boat down and not really much anchor um but we wanted to have that geometry there to be able to run that drag chain because um, it is a river fishing boat it is a kusa and uh 
and some pad eyes there and you can use the track to run your line down so you can have ways to manage anchoring off the stern and off the bow um of course the power pole geometry has become almost a standard now um i think the first boat we ever did it in was the big rig and uh, we were actually hobie came out with an adapter plate the same year and we molded in the geometry on the back of the big rig the year that that power pole micro came out um, so it's kind of been a, a standard for us to, any fishing boat should have uh, that geometry on the back to be able to add that but now you've got you know uh, torpedo mounts and other motor mounts and things that use that same geometry so it's kind of you know you almost have to have it really i mean um, just to have the functionality of whatever you want to put there totally agree that's cool man I, so drag chains always interest me and i'm i'm this is going to be a little off off subject right like how do you utilize a drag chain like i know you you know moving water slow you down are you like adjusting that chain as you're floating along so that way it's making contact with the bottom or is it just creating a little drag in the water like how do you use utilize it i've, I've asked so, a few okay. people this question and i know it's always different you know you, the more line you let out typically the the slower or the more of an anchor it's going to act like um so yeah that's kind of what i do is i i drag it along behind the boat to really just slow the boat down so i have more time you know to work an area in slower water it'll stop the boat um it'll completely stop it but you know in, in any kind of moving water i don't really want something that's going to like grab and anchor you know so um, having a piece of chain back there, uh, just kind of dragging it tends to not snag up as easy. So, you know, you're not going to get in a situation where you're anchored in swift current, which right. is, you know, yeah, I yeah. never recommend even re lowering it down on super swift current, but you're getting those eddies and those seams and being able to drop that and just really hold that boat position because river fishing, I mean, boat position is so key. Sure. I mean, really any fishing boat, boat position can be so key. Um, but you know, being able to slow yourself down, uh, sometimes you're in an eddy and it's trying to take you back up river. And so being able to drop that and just work that eddy line all the way back up to the, to the base of a rapid or the base of a ledge, um, is pretty awesome. And, you know, you can do things to quieten the anchor down or to the chain down. So I wrapped them in duct tape. I wrapped them in uh, bicycle inner tubes. Um, so there's, there's different ways to kind of make it more snag free and uh, more quiet, quiet. Uh, when you're deploying it for sure. I dig it, man. It's a, it's a question that always comes up and I figured you were a guy that would have uh, some good insight on it. You know, I think a lot of guys that, you know, are mainly lake fishermen and then they get into the river fishing and then they hear about drag chains, but they're like, just not sure. Like, how do I do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, what we used to do, and I think this is a Drew Gregory thing, actually, you know, I don't know if he... Who's that guy? It. Who's uh, that yeah. guy? I don't know if he invented it or if he... Uh, or what happened there, but the flexi dog leash um, thing was something that I know he showed me for the first time, and it was uh, uh, pretty cool. You know, you just take that retractable 16 feet of dog leash, basically, and, you know, you're able to manage your line and, and lower and raise that... Um, 
that that anchor uh, up and out of the water and, and let it go when you want. And that's really you don't you're never really doing it in deep water, right? You're just this is this is creek fishing. This is small river uh, type fishing techniques here where you've got you know some sandy rocky bottom. You can't really drop a power pole because it's going to bounce, you know, and make a lot of noise and spook everything. Um, and you don't want to drop that claw anchor because you know now you're stuck and you're trying to dig that thing out. Um, so yeah, it's just a really cool way to to slow yourself down and, and, and cover water or, you know, make sure you're hitting all those spots. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. That's cool. It's uh it's a different different beast, man, being in the moving water and you know, those little tips and tricks can make or break your day for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sure can, yeah, they bright. <laughs> <laughs> I mean sometimes I it's like not a, a good sport. idea in this let's just say sometimes it's better to walk down the path to get around the dam versus floating through the whitewater park yeah i'll just leave it at that yeah yeah i'm just gonna say this i love the liska but it ain't nothing for uh the whitewater park i mean you may end up walking back to the truck barefooted through gravel i'm just saying yeah 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 there's gotta be some pictures floating around right Dude, it was so funny. Uh, we watched two kids in these. Actually, they were in Jackson's. They were in Whitewater Jackson. Water, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just like watched us go by in these fishing kayaks with gear. And they're and they were like, "What are they doing?" Yeah, you know. And I was a little weary, but Brian went all in, and uh, he went really all in. I think <laughs> like it was he, uh, he, he lost his flip flops. Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I came down that first drop, and I was like, I just it. Yeah. it it wasn't the boat's fault. It was just no. like I shifted my weight sideways, thinking that was the right way to go. And yeah. normally you got to go opposite direction. And yeah, it's uh, definitely counterintuitive when you're in yeah. current. You, you lean, yeah. inevitably, yeah. your body tells you to lean the wrong direction. It's like, no, right. you should lean downriver. Like, I don't want to lean downriver. The boat's trying to go that way. Like, I wanna, yeah, yeah. I want to lean the other way. Yeah. yeah. So, needless to say, I just kind of like rolled out of the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fun yeah. stuff fun yeah. stuff fun it's stuff. times yeah. it's happened to all of us yeah. i'm definitely i'm definitely not a whitewater guy i can tell you that much <laughs> well what'd you do jay just watch and then go around <laughs> i would i went down first he went uh, first oh, he yeah he watched me roll and then he was like i don't think it's a good idea to go nope. the rest way i'm like dude i'm like, I'm, ar- no. I'm already wet and i lost my flip-flops let's yeah. go like how much worse can it get well i and got caught. like nope nope yeah. we're walking up over the dam we're going yeah like i got caught in a current like right away and it was the toughest maneuvering i've ever had to do in the fishing kayak i like i didn't even know i had muscles in some places because i was like <laughs> I mean, just the the pure like you just ha- I had to move the kayak or there was going to be trouble. <laughs> like that, just that put it that way. About it. Uh, and and I've only been in a whitewater kayak probably once now, twice maybe. Uh, and 
your whole body is a part. You're part of that boat. Like yeah, it's so different right. because yep. you move and, your and hips, like you this. move your, your waist. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing is just like it's you're yeah. one piece. It's like when you put skis yep. on and you put lock into your skis. Like, yeah, you, you, they're now part of your feet, right? Like you're not. <laughs> oh yeah, putting <laughs> on the skis, you're connected with them. And and a sit on top, you're. It's not that way. So oh no, right? You don't move. <laughs> you're not going to take oh, your no. hip and move the actual boat. And uh, so yeah, you gotta your paddling becomes such a, a big deal and which is where that maneuverability comes in if you if you make a paddle stroke and that boat's not going to turn for you then you're not going to be able to do what you got to do and the water no. so fast those yep. decisions have to happen like immediately. i, wow. I will say this though the liska did quite well at rock island you know, yeah, like, you no, know right, a, right off the right you know those rapids that are right up mm-hmm. there yeah. like uh no, it's a great know, boat and and, yeah. and people uh like Chris, I think is still like one of his favorite hole shapes is that just for versatility, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause Dustin went down it and then I went down it. Um, I was a little bit more scared than Dustin, I think, but <laughs> he, he's in the chat. He said, yeah. yes, sir. We went all in them. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> he's like, let's go again. I'm, nope. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm good. I did it. I could say I did it. We're good. <laughs> is this at one of the uh, dealer summits? Yeah. 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 I think it was like the, I think it might've been like the last one, but yeah, it was, uh, man, it was, it was fun over there, but I was, man, that was kind of sketch. I think the water was just perfect enough to do it. I think if it was any lower. We probably would have had a little bit more problem with like bumping into rocks because, yeah. you know, if, if you haven't been to rock Island, there's, there's some pretty big boulders, uh, in some choice spots, uh, over there. So it can either be a nice smooth ride or it can be really rough. I That's see the weird I, thing, the thing about river fishing is low water can actually sometimes you think, well, the rapids not as big, but now yeah. there's obstacles. <laughs> and yep, so it's, it's worse. <laughs> see, I picture I picture Dustin Nichols like just hooting and hollering going through that, and yeah. Jay just going, oh, oh my god, yeah, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh. I was censored <laughs> like that, dude. I was never so tense. It's like that's when your legs, like you're using the pegs, and you're just planted. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, I mean, everything is just tense and you're like, okay, just keep bottoms got to stay together. Just the bottoms got to stay together. <laughs> Dustin says that was my first time in whitewater. Yeah. So I didn't know any better. He's yeah. probably standing up, holding on to the stand assist strap one hand. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like yeah. He's riding a bull. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he looked like he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Not uh, to people that knew what they were doing, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, "Woo, I survived. We're good." <laughs> yeah. No, so, moving water. That's. I mean, that's the thing. There's so much, and that's why I got. It. I mean, to kind of circle back from all this, it's why I got into kayak fishing in the first place. Was I moved from Florida, where I had a boat, and uh, back home to where I grew up at here in North Carolina. And uh, the boat I had was a little center console, like bay boat, you know, and I'm here in the mountains of North Carolina and uh, I'm like, that's not really useful anymore. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to access the new river and the Yakin river that we have here and a couple other small rivers. Cause you know, there's fishing. We would go wade fish it in certain areas where we could access it. And uh, you know, you catch some really nice uh, fish, some big small mouth and, um, stuff like that. And it's like, man, you know, here's this shoal on Google Maps that's like you can't get to without floating from here to there because there's no access. And uh, a couple of me and my buddies went and got kayaks. 
I bought the wrong kayak for what we were doing. I bought an open uh, Commander uh, 120 for Miller Systems, which is, for those that don't know that, remember that boat, it was a uh, almost canoe kayak hybrid type boat, yeah. you know, very stable, but very open cockpit. Well, multiple trips to the new when we would hit those whitewater sections, first wave would come in the boat, second wave would come in, and every time the boat's a little lower in the water, you know what I mean? Eventually yeah. I had to put a drain plug in the bottom of my boat so that I could, you know, get the water out of that boat when I would get <laughs> off the water because it was too heavy to flip over. Um, yeah. And it just wasn't the right boat for moving water and current and rapids. And uh, I saw the Kusa was coming out from a company that made whitewater boats. And so I thought, well, this makes perfect sense. I'm fishing mild whitewater. I'm not out here doing crazy stuff, but I was in water with rapids and that's where the smallmouth were were at that's where they were spawning that's where they were feeding before the spawn and after the spawn and in the fall when they were feeding up they were in that swift highly oxygenated water yeah you can see it's a bathtub um so, <laughs> it, so is, uh, dude. it looks like a floating <laughs> bathtub yeah that's what it was i mean great paddling boat but and stable but yeah it just held water when you went through waves um so anyway that's why I, what led me to akusa was like i need a better river fishing kayak um, and, uh, so that's kind of what started my journey with Jackson in the first place was that Kusa. And, uh, it's pretty cool now to kind of be here three generations of Kusas later, um, you know, leading the charge or whatever with the, the team and, um, the R and D and trying to get all that together and come out with this boat. So pretty cool. To, it's super to start cool, man. One <laughs> and and yeah. end by working on the third one. So nice. It, it's, uh, a lot of thought, man. Like, you know, it when you start looking at all the details that you guys uh, put into this boat, I mean, it, it's pretty impressive, dude. I, I'm not going to lie, dude. It's uh, pretty slick, and I love the thought and the ingenuity that went into it and thinking of all the different scenarios that we all use, you know, on the water. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's, that's the key. I mean, uh, you know, it's – you got to think about it from the whole shape up. Um, a lot of, a lot of us, you know, as fishermen, we look at the deck layout and how the fishability is and how rigging can be done. And most of us, I would say the vast majority of us did not come from a kayaking background. You know, we came from a fishing background and we're trying to look for a tool to get us on the water um, to where the fish are at. So we don't understand, you know, hole shapes and hole designs, um, but it's so important. Uh, when it comes to having the right tool, especially for the right type of water that you're going to be fishing. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to take a crack in 15, five in some of the rivers that I'm going into, because that's an open water boat or even the NAR. It's a big, heavy open water boat. Um, but this boat, you know, might not be ideal in super big open water. I mean, it's, it'll get you there. You can do it. Um, sure. But design for that river fishing person that wants to get in moving water and current, get super shallow, that kind of thing. And so, you know, that's a big, big goal at Jackson is to really look at it from the, from the whole shape first. And then how do we fit all the features and um, ask from the team on from a deck layout standpoint with that, you know, how do we marry sure. all that together and, and execute it? Uh, so it's a challenge, but I think we did. I really think we did as good a job as, as we ever could have on this one. So I'm excited about it. Nice dude. And our, 
are these shipping now to dealers? Are they available? Yeah, so as of last week, I think we had about 90 that had went out the factory door. Um, so okay. uh, they're showing up at dealers kind of all over um, in waves as we get more done. Um, and, you know, by Christmas, I'm sure it'll be pretty well stocked at most all the dealers. Nice, nice. And uh, what about, uh, I'm trying to pull it up now, color options. So this year we, we do typically lately when we launch a, uh, a new kayak, we do a limited edition color um, just to kind of give people an opportunity to, you know, if they want to get in on the ground floor on a new boat, they can also oh, have a unique cool. color. Um, so we did what we used to call the yellow jacket color, which is yep. uh, I'm pulling it up right now. the black, uh, yellow and white cockpit. So that's the limited edition color. Um, it's cool. only going to be available uh, this year. Uh, in a limited amount of them will be out there. So uh, it's not a specific number. It's more based on what the dealer's initial orders reflected. Um, sure. So once we get those initial first kind of orders from the dealers in of what they wanted, that'll be the last run we do of those. So, nice. um, and then it's available uh, in the playa. Uh, <laughs> when we name Come that on, color, that's, that's, that's playa. Yeah. I was going to say, when we named that color, uh, it reminded me of a beach in Mexico or in the Caribbean. And so that's where the name Playa, you know, it's it's Spanish for beach. So I was like, oh, sweet. It never dawned on me that people would, like not once did I think Playa. And until the day the the color went public and all of my team, like when you share the color with the team, they were like, dude, I love this Playa color, you know, and they were talking about Playa. I'm like, like, oh, it, it comes with fuzzy say, dice in a gold grill. I, I feel like it's got to be like purple and black with some chrome. You know? Gold, uh, gold hatch, gold, gold yeah, chrome gotta, hatch. I, oh, I yeah, don't want to do it. I want to do like a side by side and be like, "This is playa, and this yeah. is playa." <laughs> see the bling. Um, see the bling. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then dusk is the the other one for this year. Um, I think it's dusk. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, you know, dark blue and, and red it reminded me of a, you know, right before sunset when you get that kind of crazy looking sky, um, is where we came up with that. And then forest camo, everybody loves camo. So yeah. forest is oh, always yeah. going to be standard color there. So, I mean, I'm still partial to black widow, but you know, yeah. So this year the dusk color, was actually originally when we talked about colors was going to be black widow. But when we looked at the lineup, every single color had black in it. And we thought, what if there's a plastic shortage of black color? Like we literally couldn't make a fishing kayak this year. If so, we decided kind of last minute to swap out the black and, and black widow with that dark blue and come up with that dust color, just so that we knew we were kind of like, okay, it's a cool color, and that gives us an option that doesn't rely on black pigment or powder to be able to make to make kayaks this year. So, yeah, that's a lot kind of, of things that are made of a lot of things that are made of plastic use black. You know, it's, yeah, uh, I mean, exactly. That's yeah. the most common color. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, the yellow just, yeah, jacket it is sharp, dude. Yeah, the yellow jacket was one of my favorite colors. Uh, so, my second Jackson kayak. Uh, still before I was on the team or anything was a, uh, the Cuda and I got it in the yellow jacket color and I always love that color. So, um, you know, that was kind of a throwback to, to the old school color waves. 
uh, with that limited run in the yellow jacket. Nice, dude. Nice. Nice. Boom. There you go. The new Jackson Kusa X. I dig it, man. Congrats on the new boat, bro. Well done Thank to you, you and the yeah, team, man. It. That's uh, yeah, the team did an amazing cool. job from the all the way from ideas to delivery. So it was uh, um, you know, really cool to see the factory, the R and D team, the the fishing team, like everybody kind of come together and to to be somehow in the middle of all that was it was a cool experience. I like it. I like it. Uh, have you guys tested this thing in saltwater too? Yeah, actually. So we, we took it oddly enough. Uh, we were filming the day, the day the, the boat launched. Um, the day before that, I finished filming the assets that we needed to launch the boat. Uh, so we were like in San Marcos, Texas, um, filming and i did some interview stuff wrapped up some of the b-roll drop boxed it to our uh, will richardson and our team and marketing team and they put the final touches on the video stuff and released it and on that trip i had to go from there to houston texas and fish in freeport so we actually took it out on the flats and did some red fishing um in the boat uh, while we were there and uh Surprisingly, like it was pretty windy and that was one of my concerns because the boat is shorter and it is very nimble uh, and it also was taller in the front. You know, it's got a lot of volume, so it sits high on the water. And those are things that usually you think, you know, the wind's going to blow this thing all over. And it did compared to a lower profile boat like a like a Liska or a U-Pick. Um, it did blow it and affect it more. But um, what I'll say is it got shallower than any of those boats that we had out there. And we were dealing with a situation where the wind was blowing the water off the flat and okay. we were getting to the point where it was like, you know, we're doing the whole butt scoot thing, trying to get <laughs> yeah. boat to like find just, I just need half inch more water. Come on. And here comes the, you know, Kusa X and it's just like paddling, floating, you know, goes right nice. by us. And mm. so there was definitely a ton uh, times when I was like, man, that actually for these shallow flats where you're seeing redfish with their backs out of the water, you know, that's a situation where this could could potentially uh, be a better platform. And to the point where when we left Dustin and <clears throat> Michael Forenza, who were with us, I know Michael was like actually changed his order for 2023 over to the Kusa X so that he can motorize it and use it uh, specifically for that scenario where he was trying to get super shallow nice hmm. nice very cool man i dig it i dig it man you guys uh knocked another one out of the park man and it's uh it's good to see man i love it i love seeing new boats come uh from all the different manufacturers you know and seeing what everybody's doing different and you know putting their own new touches on uh models and good things like that uh the queen herself, Miss <laughs> Wilson, yeah. says, uh, cheers to our Jackson Kayak brand manager of fishing, Jameson Redding. Thank you for all you do. Oh, that's Eugene, a title right there. That. that is a title, right? <laughs> right yeah. I'm, I'm just saying with there's with a whole kind, lot of vowels in there. <laughs> with uh with kind words like that, I think Gene deserves a raise. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, Gene yeah. always deserves more than we can ever give her, that's for sure. She's uh <laughs> She's the heart and soul of the team, and uh, we're proud to have her. I know that. And she actually got to come out and paddle with 
the very first boat that left the factory, uh, her and Chris Funk and uh, Sheldon and Clay Grace, we all got to meet up and uh, spend some time together on the water. And that's always, always a blast. But we got her in some sticky situations in some moving water that, uh, you know, she, she likes her rivers in Florida. They move a little slower. They don't have as many rocks or white <laughs> yeah. water sections. But she handled it like a champ, and uh, she caught some fish and, uh, you know, just had such a positive attitude, even doing some things that I could tell she wasn't quite as comfortable with as some of us were that had done it before, you know. But sure, it was a lot sure, of fun. Sure, sure. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Guys, gals, go check it out. Uh, go hit up your local Jackson dealer. Take it for a demo. Take it for a spin. Looking to get a new boat next spring and you're a river fisherman or, you know, small water, whatever. Obviously, uh, these guys have put it through the test, and, you know, you heard it right here. Uh, if there's somebody that's going to use and abuse something, uh, it's probably going to be Jameson. You know? <laughs> oh, he, oh he, dude. He gets I around. Stories about he, gets, <laughs> he gets around. I'm just going to stay Idaho and uh... – a very, a very long washboard uh, launch. You know, that, that's, that's the thing about, I feel like we as kayak anglers, especially us that, that like to travel to different locations. And I know you do Jay and, and I'm sure you do as well, Brian, but yeah, the road getting to, and, and the, the, the real wear and tear on a kayak is not once it's in the water. Like, nope. it's, <laughs> it's getting it to the water or getting it oh, from yeah. one destination to the other. And uh, yeah. that's where my kayaks take a beating. Is oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen, yeah, uh, that was quite a drag. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought you were going to reference when we were trying to make it back up that river uh, oh. In Idaho, but... oh that is, all is that when story. is that when jay almost had a heart attack oh yeah i think dude. we both did i think I, <laughs> yeah, we had to pull yeah. over and take a breather and just be like what are we doing with our life and <laughs> yeah dude it was it was so it was so fierce going against that that current I remember I th- Jameson was like, yeah. He's like, all right, man. You know, <laughs> as I passed him and I was just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You know, it's like, as soon as I got like over that, I pulled over because there's no other way to get up. There's because we went down river and we had to go back up and there was no other way. And as soon as I pulled over immediately, it was just like, <laughs> I was just like, Oh my God. You know, I was like, I'll be five seconds. Hold on. You know? oh, that's like, I felt dragging a deer out of the woods yesterday. I shot a, <laughs> shot a deer yesterday and about halfway nice. through the process. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Yeah. I don't, I don't, so I much don't. easier to go to the grocery store than to do what I'm doing right now. Oh <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, now that I live in Tennessee and like, and I've been hunting and I'm like, there's this one spot. I'm like over a thousand yards in and I'm like, uh, if I get one, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have here. to drag this Where thing all live. the way. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I gotta go uphill and then downhill and then uphill one more time. And I'm like, I don't, it sucks getting here with all this gear. So this is gonna be awesome taking one out. Well, that's yeah, like, no, that's, that's like right, a right. couple spots I hunt. I'm like, why do, why do I hunt in like big ravines and river oh, valleys do, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that? Like, 
I'm in the Midwest. There's plenty of flat cornfields around here. Why am I? Right. Why, yeah, 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 why yeah. am I in the hills? Yeah, why you know? can't I have somewhere where I can drive right up this yeah. year? Yeah. Well, exactly. Like true, true story. Me and Brian were hunting, and uh, we were out in this area. that has like re- these really bad ravines. Mississippi goes, River Valley. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I'm pretty sure I heard a buck down there. He's like, but do you want to really drag that thing out of there if we get one? <laughs> you know, and I was like, no, I don't. Let's go somewhere else. You know, that's why I respect my buddy. Um, and I'm sure we're over, but this is fun conversation. My buddy who just went, he, he's got access to it's like, I think it's around 4,000 acres, and you got to hike in to a lot of it. And uh, he hiked in with a climbing stand and he sent me a picture and he's hiking out with a, a pretty decent buck and he's got it. He's got it caped out. He had the, the quarters all cut and on the climate. So he had his, he had the, the head, the cape, all the meat packed down, his backpack and the climbing stand on his back. And he's like hiking out. I'm like, dude, you deserve that deer. <laughs> like that, that is insane. work and you deserve yeah. that deer. Um, you know, and he's like, yeah, there was a bigger buck, but this was my last day to hunt. And, uh, and this one came out. I'm like, I don't care how big that deer is like that. I would have <laughs> yeah. to do what you did to get it. And, to, yeah. and, you know, I've got a couple of friends like that. Damon, uh, Bungard, who used to work at Jackson lives in, lived in Tennessee, he lives in Virginia now, but he used to do that. He'd go in to the Canyon and camp overnight and come out with the deer the next day, you know, packed out. And I'm like, man, that's, you guys earn, you guys earn in that. That's For like sure. some of the elk hunters, man. I was watching uh, the hunting public guys this this uh, fall, and they shot one twelve miles in. And yeah. then there, I think there was like four or five of them. They packed that thing all out. It have to be four or five of us. Somebody's yeah. gonna have to carry yeah. me. First yeah. Of all. yeah. <laughs> like, and I've been I've been like sick and under the weather. So like, I guess there's like RSV or some some kid thing going around. My kids brought home from school and. Like I felt better. I'm like, I want to go hunting. And I kill the deer. I'm like halfway out of the woods. I'm like, I'm not better. Like I'm sitting down at home in bed, crying, yeah. just crying. Like why? It, it like shook everything way? loose that you thought yeah. was like away. Like, oh, My no, buddy texts me. He's like, What are you doing? Are you out night deer hunting? I'm like, No, I'm trying not to die. I'm I've been dragging this deer. <laughs> And it's not even that far. It's like a hundred yards and I'm still dragging it for like four hours. Later. Oh, dude, you should see where I'm going these days. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just awful. I'm like looking at my winch on the truck. I'm like, well, can I get some rope? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Another <laughs> winch yeah. this thing for a mile. But yeah. Anyway. Four wheeler, man. Smaller deer, dude. Yeah. It's not even a big deer. Like it was like a 10 pound, 15 pound deer, you know, one of those babies. Yeah, a little fawn. A little fawn. Just throw it over your shoulders, man. Just walk yeah. on. It's all good. Still had spots. Jameson's like, there was a big doe. Yeah. But the one with spots looked a lot lighter. It's so tender, right, man. Mike, you can put the it, whole thing on the smoker. Yeah. It fit my it fit my backpack. It was perfect. <laughs> no. Not like that. Oh. It's more tender meat, right? Yeah. I go for the, I want the most meat. And here's the thing. This is where I really am glad that I didn't do this. I don't hunt because I think it's fun. I hunt because I like filling the freezer. And I do enjoy hunting, but I don't, I I fish for fun, right? I hunt because I like to, I like to get the meat. I like to know where my meat came from. Um, So there's like this level of reward that I feel like comes with having a meal that you work for and that you know where the meat came from. Oh, and my kids get involved with it. So when I go hunting, I go with the mentality of if 
two deer walk out and that's one less day I have to go hunting. So, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there after I shot this, this first one and, and I'm waiting and uh, I saw some on the ridge line. I think they winded me uh, because they blew and were all confused and ran off, but they never looked at me, you know, like you can kind of <laughs> tell when they're like, you don't know why they're scared, but something spooked them. Could have been the, you know, other dead deer laying there. They were like, yeah, that ain't right. Like he doesn't yeah. look okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, so I'm dragging that one out, and I'm like, man, I am really glad that another deer did not walk in range, because yeah. this would have been terrible if I had to do it twice. You're like, I got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> Coyotes are eating good tonight. Yeah, That's yeah. what I was thinking, yeah. If that happened after getting the first one in the truck, I probably would have been like, all right. It's, <laughs> Tag it's punched, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's my story no, that's from cool, yesterday's. Man. That's cool. Well, congrats on the deer, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, good just to get back in the woods. It's been a, I missed all the bow season and all the muzzleloading season, so I got to get. Well, you, you've been a busy man, my friend. You've been that's a, a true a story. <laughs> extremely busy man. True I know. Story. I got to chat for you with you for like five minutes at ICAST, and then the rest of the show, I just seen you. Every time I saw you, man, you were you were busy doing stuff and you know, yeah, obviously a, designing this new boat and that ready. Like, I mean, you've been crushing it, dude. So I pat yourself that, on the yeah. back, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy these. <laughs> <laughs> I've earned it. I've earned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. You know what? You know what? Take tomorrow off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's gonna be approved, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, aren't you a boss? I mean, just you know. Or, <laughs> yeah, sort of something. Yeah, I don't still know not feeling I good. I got a long yeah. title though. We established. Yeah, yeah you do have a long title. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's bring that back up here one more time. Jackson <laughs> Kayak, brand manager of fishing, Jameson Redding. You need that on a business card, bro. I don't think that they make business cards that big. <laughs> it's like a bumper sticker at that point. Yeah, I'm just gonna put a QR code and you can scan I, it. I, there there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. I think the like, proper way to do it is brand manager, comma fishing or something like that. Fishing, comma. Brand, I don't know. You've got to abbreviate. We'll we'll leave that to someone with a higher pay grade than all three of us. Right. <laughs> Well, my man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. And uh, we appreciate you guys, you jumping on tonight and uh, just sharing the word about the new boat from Jackson Kayaks. And guys, gals, if you're in the market, go check it out. Like we said, Jameson said, uh, already getting shipped to dealers. Uh, they got quite a few out the door already. And, uh, you know, be ready. It's uh, it's coming to a store near you. Um. You guys can go to Jackson Kayak. What is it? Jackson Kayak forward slash Kusa X. And uh, you guys can check out the boat. Got all the colors, the limited edition uh, yellow jacket coming in at 11.8, 36 inches wide, 425 on the weight capacity. Total weight of the boat is 98 pounds. And that includes everything. I love how manufacturers do our boat weighs this. And the seat is X amount of pounds. It's yeah. so all over the place. Um, yeah. And there's no standard, to be honest with you, uh, in the industry for capacity <clears throat> or any of that. So it's, sure. uh, you know, we know what we do and we just, yeah. you know, put it out there. Kind of the I like maximum it. amount of stuff that comes with it. I like it. I like it, man. 
Mr. Randall, final thoughts? New boat looks good, man. It's cool. I, I like my favorite part, and I think you know, it's the the rods inside. Yeah, that seems to be a winner for most. That's a killer thing. I mean, plus yeah. even for just traveling, man, just being able to strap the boat in. I mean, because river fishing, you're usually not taking like a ton of rods anyway. So like four should be enough, I would think, in most situations. And then you could just strap that thing down to the trailer or on top of the car or put it in the back of the truck, whatever, take off. All right. Uh, be, before we end this show, Chris <laughs> yeah, Funk Chris Funk has yeah. a request. You need to say Jackson Kayak High Low Easy Seat Slider System. See, he's not got it with, wrong, though. That's not how it actually goes. He's got it. How does it go? How does it go? Jackson Kayak Easy High Low Seat Slider System. <laughs> okay. That's now it's supposed to be. Say it three times fast. Jackson Kayak. <laughs> Jackson Kayak Easy High Low Seat Slider System. Jackson Kayak Easy High Low Seat Slider System. There you go. Take a drink. <laughs> so it's funny if you watch the video. Uh, we were trying to do a video on that system, and I'm like, the name is literally longer than the video that it takes to explain what I'm talking about, right? So <laughs> the first time I said it, perfect. And then they were, came up with this idea. Well, let's do like a blooper reel. Like you're struggling to say the name because it's so long. So then I tried to struggle to like, I tried to make it seem like I messed it up. Like, and it took me half a day to shoot a fake blooper reel. <laughs> like, trying to say it wrong. I'm like, why is this? And then I couldn't say it right after that. Like, it took me a month to get it back right again. I'm oh, like, yeah, just, but yeah, that's what, and we had to get Chris to say it in that walkthrough. I think we're just having fun with names over here, really, to be honest with you. Like, let's just like add it. another like line it. to it. <laughs> hey, man. It's just like the playa. So the playa. Yeah. I'm doing that as a color next year. I think purple, some gold flake. Dude. Uh, dude. Dude. Some candy dude. paint on it. Like, it, all I'm the tracking is man. gold. All the tracking is gold. We need the JK logo to have like a spinning, like, you can, like spin spinner in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, you can like use that old school one. Like, he's got like these glasses, got the chain. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we should do it. I think it's a new color. Yeah. Oh, and you got like the fingers out, so you could do like a big old ring on there. Oh, like the Kilroy. You're talking about the Kilroy. Yeah. Logo. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, like the Kilroy. <laughs> yeah. Kind of take that, dude. Yeah, or like you know, or have like the bar, the bar ring. <laughs> it's. A, it's like almost like brass knuckles, but it's nice. Yeah. I'm like definitely it. getting a three-piece purple suit with some black and white shoes to go with this. I think it's the way to go. I, you know what? I think it'd be funny if you kind of did like a spoof reel, dude, all dressed up like that. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. I, that'd be kind of cool. I, I agree. That's why I'm saying like, I thought that color was playa, you know? Was... Yeah. <laughs> no, it's playa. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can get like that. I just don't know what you can get away with nowadays, you know, like, yeah, sure. Like what you get. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, I can think of some pretty funny stuff in my head. I just don't know. How yeah. Everyone yeah. 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 You're yeah. like, I might have to wear a disguise and not be associated with Jackson at the time. Yeah. yeah. If all this could it. come out, like it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. We'll end it on that note. Thanks everybody that tuned in. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We're here every Thursday. Uh, special episode tomorrow night with uh, Romel from Newport Vessels. We're going to talk to the wizard himself about that new NK300. Get the juice on that. 
And uh, we'll be back the following week with somebody special like Jameson. Maybe not as good looking, but uh, we'll yeah. try. We'll try. So until next time, boys and girls, tight lines. Smooth battle. battle peace thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on paddle and finn be sure to drop a five-star rating a thumbs up or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on be sure to check us out on waypoint tv waypointtv.com make sure you sign up for the fantasy kayak fishing league at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy you could support this show through patreon patreon.com forward slash paddle and fin don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com catch us on youtube if you got a question comment or want to see a future guest on the show be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com shout out to our show supporters yak gadget you can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com pelican professional for all your cases coolers and lighting needs Go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jig Masters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.